podcast number 37, Sucker by the Jonas Brothers, an analysis. As I have mentioned in previous podcasts, dealing with the analysis of famous songs, we hope to see and understand the underlying techniques used to create these memorable works. In each instance, we have seen the craftsmanship shine through. Underlying elements, some so inventive, often beneath the surface, have been highlighted through form and analysis. By uncovering these elements, we can use this knowledge to create our own works. Since I do not want to break any copyright laws, please follow along with the original recording. First, let's look at the overall architecture. It's in 4-4 time, and the key signature is C-sharp minor. We have verse 1. There is no introduction. The song starts right in. We have pre-chorus, the chorus, verse 2, pre-chorus, chorus, a bridge, pre-chorus, chorus, and an outro. This series of sections is very, very common in today's music. Please see podcasts 1 through 10 for more information on this subject. Verse 1. The first verse is eight measures long. The harmony. The bass line implies the following chords, C-sharp minor for three and a half beats, and then a B chord on the last half of the fourth beat. Let's listen to that. The notes are C-sharp, two C-sharps, the root of the C-sharp minor chord, the E, which is the third, and then the B, which is the root of the seventh chord, the B major chord. This occurs in the first, third, fifth, and seventh measures. What is truly noticeable and interesting is that in the second, sixth, and eighth measures, the bass rests, except the fourth measure, where the notes G-sharp and B suggest a G-sharp minor chord, which I find very interesting for the following reason. You can have the key of C-sharp minor based on the C-sharp natural minor scale and C-sharp minor derived from the harmonic minor scale. The reason I mention this is that this song uses elements and chords from both of those keys. The chords based on C-sharp natural minor are C-sharp, D-sharp diminished, E major, F-sharp minor, G-sharp minor, A and B major. While, as we shall see in the chorus, they use the key of C-sharp minor, but they use the harmonic minor scale version, which means they use C-sharp minor, D-sharp diminished, E augmented, F-sharp minor, G-sharp major, that's the important one, A, and B-sharp diminished. As we analyze each section, I will point these subtle changes out. I know people may say, this is such a small thing, and most people wouldn't hear it unless they had perfect pitch. But the smallest of subtleties can make a song great. And as I have mentioned in previous podcasts, ever since we've been small children, we've sung songs in major and minor, and it's ingrained in our mind. So when we hear something, even though we're not conscious of it, subconsciously we recognize that something is different. There are four phrases in the first verse. Along with the bass line, we have an eighth note click for rhythm. The lyrics are, we go together. In these five notes we just heard, 
there are two sub-phrases, in other words, two cells that become important in the verse due to their constant repetition. First, the F-sharp to E, and second, the G-sharp to C-sharp. The F-sharp to E is a major second, a whole tone, and the G-sharp to C-sharp is a downward perfect fifth. If you're not familiar with intervals, it's the distance between notes. If you are interested, you could get a chart free on the internet on intervals and the explanation how they're created. In analysis, this is important for when intervals reappear, they create in your mind certain feelings of cohesion and association with certain lyrics. This is very important when you create your own songs. Think of the first two notes of Somewhere Over the Rainbow from The Wizard of Oz. That's the same note, an octave, eight notes higher. How you know immediately what song it is and the lyrics that go with it. In the theme from Titanic, the high point of the song in the middle is an octave jump. So my point is if you associate certain intervals with certain lyrics and as they reoccur, this will impress upon the listener's mind the importance of those lyrics. So in the first phrase, we have we go to. That would be F sharp, F sharp E. And then gather would be the G sharp to the C sharp down. That's important as we shall soon see. Now the second phrase Better than birds of a feather, you and me. Now, the first five notes are the same as the beginning of the first phrase, the F sharp and E. And now we have this G sharp to C sharp on the lyrics feather. You will notice that feather rhymes with gather, the previous one. So the G-sharp to C, the fifth, the perfect fifth down, is used for the rhyming words. Another C-sharp on you, and then an E on and, and a G-sharp on me. Other notes in the C-sharp minor chord. So you see, the second phrase grew out of the first phrase. Now the third phrase, we changed the weather is exactly the same as the first phrase. And the G-sharp to C-sharp, the downward fifth, now is on the next word that rhymes, weather. Before the next phrase, they sing yeah on C-sharp to B. Another whole step. The last phrase of the verse, the fourth phrase, I'm feeling heat in December when you're round me. This phrase is basically the same as the second phrase. A couple of extra notes are added to support the lyrics, but it is the same. And then on December, on December of December, we have the downward fifth, the G sharp to C sharp. So that's the fourth instance where we have the rhyming word on that interval. So for the lyrics on together, the gather part, and on feather, on weather, December of December, the same interval, which is very strong, a fifth, is used for all the rhyming words. 
So, as we review the first verse, we see against a sparse background, we see four phrases in order. First and third are the same, and the second and the fourth are the same. If we assign letters to each phrase, it would be an A-B-A-B form. All the phrases are built on either two notes, F sharp and E, a whole step, and G sharp to C sharp, a fifth. This is so very important because any song you compose, you want the listener to be able to easily remember and relate to it. In modern songwriting, repetition and symmetry are key elements. The three chords inferred in the verse are C sharp minor, the one chord, B major, the seven chord, and G sharp minor, the five chord, using C sharp minor, the natural minor, related to the key of E major as its basis. At the end of the verse, we have the lyrics, I've been dance, part of dancing, to introduce the pre-chorus. The pre-chorus. The pre-chorus is eight measures long, same as the verse. As we move into this pre-chorus, the background stays basically the same, only the bass line goes down an octave lower and the click remains. The prominence of the bass is very noticeable. Instead of four phrases, now we have two phrases. These phrases are much longer. The first phrase, I've been dancing on top of cars and stumbling out of bars. I follow you through the dark, can't get enough. All of these lyrics use only two notes, C sharp and B. Remember those C sharp and B of yeah? The same two notes. We have five C sharps and three Bs. For the first measure. And then that is repeated two more times for the next two measures. And then it ends on the C sharp for the fourth measure of the pre-chorus. The two notes, the C sharp and B that we heard with yeah, now creates a whole phrase. The use of two notes and the repetition make it very easy for the listener to remember and sing along. The second phrase is exactly the same as the first phrase, of course new lyrics, but a vocal harmony a third above is added for variety and interest. The second phrase is cut a little shorter, one measure shorter, because it leaves room for the introduction to the chorus with the title of the song in the phrase, I'm a sucker for you. This section fits the role of a pre-chorus perfectly. It introduces the chorus, creates a link and a build-up to the chorus from the verse. You can see we are building momentum and intensity through dynamics and orchestration. As in the verse, the melody and the harmony uses the C-sharp natural minor scale as its foundation. The chorus. Now, everything changes. All we have heard so far has been building to this point. As the chorus enters, we see an explosion of intensity, dynamics, and rhythm. Chords are now fully realized with a rhythmic drive held back till now. The chords are derived from both the C-sharp natural and harmonic minor scales, creating the ambiguity I mentioned earlier. The length of the chorus is now doubled from the previous sections, 16 measures instead of 8. The chords now are 
C-sharp minor, the one chord, F-sharp minor, the four chord, B major, the seven chord in the natural minor key, and then E, the three chord in the natural minor, A, the six chord in the natural minor, and now, for the first time, the five chord, but using the harmonic minor key, so we have G-sharp major, the five chord, which will pull strongly to the one chord, the C-sharp minor. I will play the chords now a little slower with the new rhythm. C-sharp minor, F-sharp minor, B, E, A, G-sharp. We can see clearly how the chord rhythm has changed and the emphasis on the last two chords, that A for one whole measure and then the G-sharp and the way it's repeated at the end of the measure. This four-measure chord progression and new rhythm is repeated four times, creating the 16-bar backdrop. Phrase one. The first phrase enters at the end of the pre-chorus with the lyrics containing the title and a phrase that acts like a hook. I'm a sucker for you. The background, the chords, and the rhythm now rest, truly highlighting these lyrics. As the chorus enters on the lyric U, we do notice, though, as the chords appear, the rhythm stays the same with the eighth note clicks and the bass is withheld. It gives it a rather hollow sound. So even though there is more intensity, they are still holding back. The notes of the first phrase outline a C-sharp minor chord with the notes C-sharp, E, and G-sharp. The second phrase, say the words and I'll go anywhere blindly. The phrase moves smoothly through the scale tones, mostly diatonic, that means in a stepwise motion, until the lyrics anywhere. There we hear the G-sharp to C-sharp that we heard four times before, that downward perfect fifth. And then the melody moves up through the C-sharp minor chord on blindly. Again, we hear repetition and continuity. Now, against that G-sharp major chord, the first time we've heard it, we hear the hook, I'm a sucker for you. So the third phrase repeats the first phrase exactly, except the first time there was no background. Now we have the G-sharp major chord supporting these lyrics. At this point, the bass, the full bass, and the drums enter. Everything keeps building. Against the F-sharp minor chord, we have the lyrics, yeah, with that C-sharp to B. Now, as the fourth phrase enters, the lyrics, any road you take, you know that you'll find me. This phrase repeats exactly the second phrase. The only alteration is a one note auxiliary note. That is where you sing a note, go one note up, and then come back to the note on the lyric me. Notes like this are called non-chord tones. If you're interested in learning more about this subject, please see podcast number 21. So far, we see the same form as the verse. The phrases are in the pattern A-B-A-B. The fifth phrase of the chorus I find really remarkable. The lyrics are, I'm a sucker for all the subliminal things no one knows about you. 
What strikes me first is that it starts off the same way as the first phrase and the third phrase. I'm a sucker for you. And I'm a sucker for all. But the last two notes jump up to the two highest notes of the song. In the study of all forms of music, the highest notes are considered extremely important. In classical music, often they occur at the golden section, which is about two-thirds into the piece, near or at the climax. Here we hear it on the lyric all. The high B and C sharp are repeated for emphasis on the lyric, the sub, part of subliminal. Notice also that it's the reverse of C-sharp to B on yeah. Also important is that I'm a sucker for you, four is a C-sharp. On all, we jump up a seventh to the note B and then to the high C-sharp. Anytime you jump into a high note like that, that is definitely an emphasis and it means something. The second part of this fifth phrase is very similar to the second phrase, which contained the lyrics, say the word and I'll go anywhere blindly, of the first and the second phrase, with slight variation to fit the lyrics, of course. This is really clever on so many levels to build a new phrase out of two previous ones. Before we hear the next phrase, we hear the lyrics about you four times, using the notes two C-sharps and an E. We've heard this before only in the bass. The bass part of the verse and the pre-chorus has the two C-sharps and the E. In the sixth phrase, and you're making the typical me, breaking my typical rules. Here we have another repetition, this time of the previous phrase also with variation to fit the lyrics. Instead of repeating the about you fill-ins, now we have one more phrase. It is true, I'm a sucker for you. This is a perfect turnaround, which brings us back to the second verse. Before that happens, though, we have two measures, which has the background, the bass part, and the click of the first verse. There's a whistling part added with two C-sharps and E, an F-sharp and a G-sharp. In other words, a C-sharp minor chord with an F-sharp, a passing tone. Again, a passing tone is one of those non-chord tones that I mentioned earlier. This is perfect to introduce the verse because if there were an introduction at the beginning of the song, this would be it. The first phrase, don't complicate it, starts as a pickup at the end of this turnaround. The rest of the second verse is exactly the same, melodically, as the first verse, of course, with new lyrics. Plus, the background is fuller than the first time. They drop the intensity back a little bit, but not all the way. As we heard earlier, after the second verse, we have the pre-chorus and then the chorus. The pre-chorus and chorus are repeated exactly. The bass is added at the beginning of the chorus, unlike the first time. Now we move into the bridge. This is an eight-measure section featuring the implied harmony of the verse with a drum solo. The whistling phrase is added and the hook, I'm a sucker for you. The modern bridge is usually a section introducing totally new material not heard before. For more on this, see podcasts number eight and number nine. After the bridge, we go back to the pre-chorus and chorus one last time, bringing us to the outro 
which features the bass background of the pre-chorus, the whistling phrase, and ends the song with the hook, I'm a sucker for you. There is no fade out. The song comes to a definite ending. I hope through this analysis, we have highlighted some of the techniques used to create a memorable, perfectly constructed musical composition. These techniques are common to all genres of music, pop, rock, jazz, country, concert, and movie music, etc. All these techniques are universal. They are repetition, repetition with variation, symmetry, ambiguity, motivic development, lyric and interval associations, melodic construction, the use of dynamics for organization, rhythmic variations, use of various instruments to aid in separating and the recognition of certain sections. Thank you so much for listening. See you next time. Joe.